I'm closer than you know. I'm closer than you know. A lot of us know church to be a place. A lot of us know God to only meet us at altars. Sometimes some of us, we know God to only meet us at conferences. Sometimes we know God to only meet us when there's people singing and there's a worship team playing. But I came to remind you that God wants to tell you tonight, I'm so much closer than that. I'm, I'm not just attached to a building. Did you know God's not attached to a building? He's actually attached to people. That God is closer than you know. Listen, God's, God's there on your best day ever. God's there when you got the promotion. God's there when you got that new job, when you got the car, when you graduated, when you got into college, when you got out of high school, when you got into that relationship, God was there. Listen, God is also there on your worst day. God's also there when you're feeling down and depressed. God's also there when you're experiencing anxiety. God's also there when, when you're hurting somebody. God is also there when you decide to have sex with someone. Do you know that God is there? God's also there when you decide to, to jump into drugs. Do you know that God is right there? And, and the thing is we believe sometimes that God decides to be close, and a lot of times God decides to be far, and a lot of times God decides to run away from us, but God wanted to tell you tonight that I am closer than you know. Is anybody in here grateful to God that his presence goes with me everywhere I am on a good day, on a bad day? You can stand up, you can shout, you can clap. Anybody grateful for the presence of God in this place? That he's always with me, and he's never abandoning me, and he's not like people I know that on my bad Bad days that walk away, and when something's weird, they back up. And when I change up, listen, God don't change, although you and I change. And he came to remind you, I'm closer than you know. I'm closer than you know. I want to read today the Bible. I want to look into Galatians. I love Galatians, and I love how it directly connects to this idea, because this is the Apostle Paul writing to a church in Galatia, watch this. You know what their issue is? They're having a theological crisis. What does that mean? The root word of that long word is theology, which is the study of the nature of God and what he expects from us. You guys follow me? Theology is literally broken down into this idea, the study of God, his nature and what he expects from us. So there's a church in a real city in Galatia that's literally struggling. They're going through a crisis. They believe in God, but they're not sure about his nature, and they're not sure about what he expects from them. I don't know about you, but when you meet someone, isn't it hard to maintain a relationship with someone you don't really know who they are, and you don't even know what they expect from you? Isn't that a little hard to maintain a relationship with someone? Anybody can agree? It's hard to stay connected to you if I don't know you and I don't know what you expect from this relationship. Amen? Like if you expect me to be there for you every single morning at 9.30 a.m., I sleep in, all right? I sleep in. So there comes an issue when I expect something differently in this relationship than what you expect. There's, there's, a, there's friction when, when I believe that you're this when you're actually something else. And friends, God is not, like a lot of us sometimes we theologically believe that God's only connected to a worship set. But God's actually following you on your way home. God's actually following you into dark rooms, into dark places, into dark areas. God is with you. God is over you. And he's closer than you know. 
And in, I love this book because, and especially in this, these verses, the Apostle Paul is writing to these churches, letting them know, I can help you with your theological crisis. And he gives this analogy. And, it, and it's, it's in that backdrop that we read Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 17. I was going to do it to 25, but we'll be here all night. As we guys, <laughs> we understood that with First Peter, didn't we, right? The shortest book of the Bible. We preached eight weeks. Good Lord Jesus. Take the wheel. Verse 16, this is Paul saying, so I say... Anybody like taking notes? Take this note, to, like write this verse down so you can read it on your own, so you can read it on Thursday. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Can anybody shout amen to that tonight? Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This word and here, the comma and the and, this is literature, right? We, we know this. That what's happening is there's a difference between the spirit and the flesh. Paul is building a case here. So walk by the spirit and you won't gratify the, gratify the desires of the flesh. So if I pinched you right now, that's your flesh. When he says flesh, he's not talking about a physical flesh. He's talking about a spiritual flesh. That you and I have a spiritual flesh. We have a spiritual condition called the flesh, meaning... That naturally, you're not growing closer to Christ. Naturally, you're falling further away from him. Naturally, you're not drawing closer to the spirit. Naturally, you're falling away from the spirit. And that's why at church we fast. Because we're weakening the flesh and we're strengthening the spirit. You guys follow me today? Verse 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want. It's the verses for tonight. But I want to build this case with the next ideas. I want to put flesh and spirit on the stage really quickly. We got flesh and we got spirit. And Paul is saying to this church that is in a theological crisis, they think God's only with them when, when they pray or when they worship or when they're in church. No, God's with you everywhere. Because the, here's the issue with the people in Galatia and maybe even some of us here. We think that we can stay right here in the middle somewhere and just like party. You know what I'm saying? Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Oh, no. That's church days. I'm in the spirit. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you better not cut me off. You're going to get a peace sign minus the index finger. So we took, took a little while for you to do that math. And Paul's like, these two are in conflict with each other. Anybody in here a middle child? I'm a middle child, so hey, shout out to the middle children, all right? Give me a woo-woo if you're a middle child. We're going to start our own hope group right after this, bro. You see, I've got a younger brother and I've got an older sister. So I really know what this spot feels like right here in the middle. I'm not the baby of the family and I'm not the firstborn. I'm just somewhere in the middle. And because I'm a middle child, I know how to instigate. 
That's not a gift from God. That's a gift from Satan. I know how to instigate. Boy, I would win the Hood Olympic Games of instigation. I know how to instigate. Do you know how many Christians know how to instigate this conflict right here? Do you know how many followers of Jesus know how to instigate? Where you're not for one side and you're not for the other. But you just, they're fighting. Paul's like, they're contrary. They're in conflict. They're, they're not supposed to hang out. If you see this person with this person, it's like Tom and Jerry. They'll go scrap on site, no questions asked. <laughs> I make myself laugh, and I know that sounds weird, but my wife would understand to me. Thank you, wife. They're fighting, and how many Christians want to set up camp right here in the middle? Listen, here's my first idea tonight. Stop instigating the conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Stop instigating the conflict. Recognize the conflict. Pick a side. But, but don't instigate the conflict. Because the spirit is not with playing with the flesh. And the flesh is not with playing with the spirit. And what Paul says in the next idea, what Paul says clearly is to walk by the spirit. To walk by the spirit. So there's flesh and there's spirit. And Paul says, walk by the spirit. Walk by the spirit. Walk by the spirit. Walk by. Somebody say walk. Walk by the spirit. Don't, don't instigate in the middle. I know we have people that don't know who Jesus is. I know. There's a lot of people that come to our church that don't believe in God, don't believe in Jesus. You're exploring Christianity. You may be an atheist. You may be agnostic. You may be uh, uh, from any religion. And I love talking to you, and I love you, and I want to let you know you're at, you're at the right place tonight. Can you make some noise to people who don't believe in Jesus? Thanks for pulling up. Best people to talk about Jesus with the people who know him. So keep coming. So you might be asking, okay, walk by the Spirit. Here's a question. I want, I'll put it up for you. What spirit is this? What are you talking about? Are you talking about school spirit? Woo! <laughs> what are you talking about? Paul in Corinthians, he, he talks about the spirit. Uh, chapter 6, verse 9 in 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that your body, someone say my body. Someone say my body. Your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So when Paul says spirit in Galatians, he's not just saying spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And then he says, you know where the Holy Spirit abides? Do you know where the Holy Spirit decides to live? Not at 2898 Michigan Avenue. No, no, no. He decides to abide in the temple that is your body. I'm closer than you know. Don't you know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God, you are not your own. Here's the next idea. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. So God the Father sends his son Jesus. He dies for you. He takes all your sin. He resurrects on the third day. And he's like, yo, I'm out, but I'm sending the comforter. I'm, I'm sending the advocate, the counselor, the one that doesn't want to just be beside you like how I did and, and be around you like how I was, but he actually wants to live within you. That God's big idea is not to just be a, around you and all. Did you feel God today at church? Oh, I felt him today at church. I felt him. It's not for him to just be around you, but to live and be inside of you. That's the goal of God. He wants to be closer than you know. 
And I love this, how Paul talks about this, that the temple of the Spirit is my body. Listen, y'all, you can't just do whatever you want with your body. If you believe in Jesus and Jesus is your Lord and Savior, what we say is, no, no, my body isn't mine. My body belongs to God. My body isn't mine. My body belongs to God. And when I obey God with my body, watch this, that's another form of worship. Agreeing with God. Come on, write that title down again in your notes. I'm closer than you know. I don't want to just be around you. I just don't want to meet you at church. I want to live inside of you. I want to live inside of you. So that when you are in life's toughest moments, I'm there with you. That's my goal is to live inside of you so that when you're going through the struggles the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives peace beyond understanding you want to know why you don't understand it because it's not around you it's coming from inside of you and the worst moments of life y'all I'm telling you Christianity doesn't mean that you're never going to go through pain if anything Jesus says I got persecuted church get ready because you were once a friend of the enemy now you're an enemy of the enemy so, friends, like following Jesus, things might get a little harder. You might be stepping to a bit more conflict. But listen, be of good cheer because I am within you and I am for you and not against you. And I'm here to lift you up and I'm here to empower you and I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to convict you. So when you're living a life that doesn't honor me, I tap you on the shoulder and I point you to a better direction. Next idea is this, that God's desire isn't to be next to you but to live within you. Jesus was here not only to die for you, but that's awesome, right? Like God walked around Jerusalem. He walked around Judea. He was hanging out with Samaritans. He had dinner with tax collectors, thieves, prostitutes, just bad people. Like Jesus' life wasn't just the cross. It was that he grew up in Nazareth and he had brothers and he had friends and people knew him. Like that's God around us. That's God next to us. But when he said, I got to go, and he looks at Peter and he says, get thee behind me. You want to know why Jesus tells Peter to get thee behind me? is because Peter didn't want Jesus to die on the cross. He wanted Jesus to build a kingdom here on earth. And Jesus is like, no, I got to go. You know why? Because I'm not satisfied with just being next to you. I want to be in you. I'm, I'm not satisfied just being around you and being on the boat with you. I was around 12 people and Judas still hung himself. I was, Peter, I'm around you. And watch this. Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. I don't want to just be around you. I'm sending help. I'm sending help. I'm sending my spirit so that everywhere you go, I am within you. I am inside of you, leading you. And your body becomes my temple. Becomes my temple. God's desire is close proximity. closer than you know. I hear God saying this right here, next idea. I'm right here. I, I've been a, a young adult pastor and a youth pastor for four years. The biggest questions I get, the phone calls at 2 a.m., where's God? You know my answer is every time? Oh, he's at church. You got to go to church. No, no, no. Hey, bro, he's right there. Oh, you're brokenhearted? God says he's close to the brokenhearted. He's right there. Oh, you're depressed? 
I just got encouraged because God is right next to you. Oh, she cheated on you again? Hey, dude, you don't got to go nowhere. He's right next to you. And God's here to remind you, listen, this is prophetically speaking to you. Maybe not today because we're in church and it's easy to be a Christian in church. Did you know that? I'm talking about when you're alone. I'm talking about when it's Friday or Saturday or a week or a month. And you're like, God, where are you? God already told you. He's right there next to you in the pain, in the valley, in the low, wherever you find yourself. He's there. He's right there. But you know where else he wants to be? The next point. In your heart. Imagine you need CPR. And there's a trained doctor next to you. Imagine you can't breathe and there's someone next to you that can actually help you. But you don't let them in to do CPR. That's like you getting your heart broken. God's saying I'm right here. And you say, no, God, but I'm good. I'm good. I can handle my heart on my own. I'm right here, though. I'm here to pick, up, pick back the broken pieces. I'm here to mend your heart. I didn't just die for you. I didn't just resurrect for you. I'm here to redeem you. I'm here to put you back together. Oh, no, God, I got my heart. I got that. Oh, here's another one. It's a big one. Your mind. God's like, I'm right here. I can help you with your mental health. I can help you with your depression, your anxiety, your overthinking. I can help you because you know what I do? My spirit gives you a sound mind. My spirit gives you a sound mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. That's God's goal for you. But you're like, no, God, I'm good. You can stay right there. You know what, God, you can have my heart, but you can have my mind. I, I want to think about girls all day. I'm not going to let you in, God. I want, I want to think about money all day. I'm just chasing the bag. I'm just chasing the bag. I'm just chasing the bag. I'm just chasing girls. I'm just chasing this. God, you don't got to stay in my mind. Stay out of my mind, God. Just stay in my heart. Like if we actually said what we do, we wouldn't believe the words we said. God's like, I'm right here. You're like, ah, you don't really need to be in my mind. <laughs> you don't really need to be a part of my thinking. I got control over that. But we know, we learned that a couple months ago. Your thinking always leads to your doing. And sometimes to begin to do better, you got to start thinking better. And God's like, I'm right here. Here's another one, relationships. Oh, let's talk about relationships. God, you can have my mind. Oh, God, you can have my heart. You can have my heart. But don't try to help me with who I choose to be with. I got that. Guys, I've seen people get together in church and fall away into craziness. Just fall away. But he has a tattoo of a cross on his back. He's got John 3.15 on his ankle. Mama, look, it's John 3.16. Run for your life. <laughs> I got relationship. I got that. Don't worry, God. I'll date how I want to date. I know your Bible says not to have sex before marriage, but God, I got this. I got this. I could do it. We're going to get married anyway. Yeah, all right. Just do it. Just let God in. Because watch this. He's right there anyways. No, God, when we lock this door, you're going to stay right there at the door. Nope. Holy Spirit's in you. And he's in you while you're with her. And you wonder why you feel terrible after sinning? That's conviction. Thank God you're still convicted. Thank God he hasn't left you yet. 
He's tapping you on the shoulder saying, there's a better life. There's a better life. There's a better life. There's a better life. That's just somebody in this room. There's a better life. There's a better life. I'm in you. I'm still with you. And I'm trying to lead you. Next one is treasure. I'm right here. Oh, but God, don't touch my treasure. Chase and Bank of America belongs to me, Lord. I'd be an irresponsible leader if I didn't talk about your treasure. Because the Bible says, if I find your treasure, I found your heart. And God doesn't just want your heart. He wants your treasure. God doesn't just want your soul and your emotions. He wants literally your physical treasure. He wants it. Not because he's broke, but because you're broke. I'm not talking about actual broken money. I'm talking about spiritually broke. Don't get it twisted. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about spiritual currency. And a lot of us are deep in our prayer but shallow in our generosity. A lot of us are deep in worship but shallow in our giving. And we wonder why we don't have a heart for the church. You know you'll always have a heart for something that you invest in? You know you'll always have a heart for something you invest in? It's true in your relationships. It's true if you're a sneakerhead, you invest what your heart is in. It's true if you're a foodie, uh, you love going out, you spend money on your, anybody, any foodies in here? Come on. I'll put a foot up right there. God's like, hey, I want your treasure too. I'm not broke. I want your heart. Worship me. Worship me. Because look, I'm, I'm right here. And this is an opportunity for me to bless you. Another one, my schedule. We're going through life and God's like, yo, when are you going to fit me in? Hello. I'm not just that church. You know that. I'm right here in the car with you. While you're smoking your brains away, I'm right here next to you. Will you let me in? Will you let me? I'm right here anyways. Am I talking to anybody here tonight? Another one, your trauma. Doctors say we're going to see the effects of this last year's trauma probably in like 10 years. Physically, mentally, well, it'll probably like be like under the rug, but soon we'll deal. God wants to be there in your trauma. Let me in. All these things aren't bigger than me. They're bigger than you. Let me in. Lastly, I'm right here. Let me into your sin. Let me into your sin. Here's my next idea. If you don't open the door... God won't walk in. If you don't, is that for anybody in here tonight? If you don't open the door, he's a gentleman. If he, he's not like the devil. The devil, you give him a crack in the door, he's going to blow that thing down like cops. Boom, what you going to do when they come for you? That's what the devil does. No, no, no. God says, God says, yo, if you let me in, I'll walk in. This happened the other day. You know, when like, if you, uh, so I'm Hispanic. And when people come to the door, everything changes in the house. You know that? Right? Like when someone comes to the door, it's like someone trying to sell you something or like somebody from like HOA pulls up or, 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 or like a Jehovah Witness pull up and, and 
You know what we do? We go, you know what we do, right? Ding, ding. They're like, your mom goes, were we expecting anybody? And everyone's no. And like, your friends, they come and no. It's like, shh, be quiet. <laughs> your, 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 your brother comes out the bathroom. Hey, mom. And like, shh, shh, shh. Mom, all the cars are outside. If you got a clear, like, you can kind of see through the door. If you have one of those doors that you can kind of see through, they're like, yo, get down, get down, get down, get down. Get down. You know, your mom is so mad that her anger is so visible. Gosh, that's the most aggressive shush. What do we do? We hide, right? When someone gets to the door that we don't want there, we hide, we avoid. Oh, yo. Here's my question. When God comes to the door of your heart, what is your response? When God shows up to the door, what is your response? Revelation 3.20. Woo, this is what Jesus says in Revelation. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. So he's a gentleman. He, he wants to invade every space of our life. I want to be closer than you know. But watch this. I'm at the door, and I knock on your relationships. I knock at your money. I knock at your sex life. I knock at your sin. I, I'm knocking. And will you let me in? Because I know you hear me. Will you let me in? Will you let me in? Friends, why don't we let Jesus in? Can we talk about it? Why don't we let Jesus into our hearts, to our minds, to our sex life, to our schedule, to our trauma? Why don't we let Jesus in? Next point is this. Most people don't want Jesus. They just want what he can do. No, Jesus. Don't come in my house. Just leave a gift at the door. Jesus of Nazareth, don't you dare step a foot in my treasure. But would you leave purpose at the door for me, please? Jesus, don't come into my house. But would you leave a blessing? Oh, would you leave a miracle? Listen, family, we got to go to church this Sunday because it's revival. And your kids are like, wait a minute. We only go to church for what Jesus can do? Or do we go to church because who he is? Because he's knocking. We throw flesh and spirit. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. And if you're in the flesh, no, 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 no. Just bring peace this way. No, Jesus, I can't live here. I like this area. I'm very comfortable. There are recliners in the flesh section. There's recliners here. There's popcorn. All my friends are here. This is pretty cool. There's a lot of Christians right here just chilling. I don't want the, I, I don't want conviction. I, I don't need that. Just leave purpose. Just leave calling. Just leave a word. Just leave a miracle at the door. Listen, friends, sometimes, next idea, sometimes, sometimes we think we can stay in the flesh and still receive from the Spirit. This is probably what the people in Galatia are going through because Paul has to make it clear to them that the flesh and the spirit are enemies. They're in conflict. Why is he saying that to the people in Galatia? Because they probably want to stay here but still receive from the spirit. 
Here's that no church, you got it all wrong. We said it last week, grace is not a pass, it's a gift. So you take it and you receive it and you walk in the spirit. My biggest point tonight is this next one. If you find yourself more in love with what Jesus can do for you, you're probably comfortable with something that he's against. If you find yourself at a place that you want what Jesus can do for you, you're probably comfortable with something that he is against. In this Christian walk, if you find yourself more comfortable, more ready to receive what Jesus can do for you and not really him, that's probably because you don't want to let him into your house to see what's going on. You don't want to let him in. You don't want to let him in. If you're cool with him being at the door, that's because when he walks in, he knows he's going to see things that needs to change. It reminds me when Jesus walks into the temple and instead of his house being a house of prayer, it's all jacked up. He starts flipping tables. He starts flipping tables. Jesus gets mad. He starts flipping tables. I'll flip this right now just to show you what God will do. Listen, when God flips the table, that's not for you to pick it back up and build it again. That's for you to get down on your knees. And that's for you to surrender and humble and repent and turn and change. Because if I only want what he can do for me, that means if I let him in, I'm, I'm probably doing something that I know that he's against. And friends, he's knocking, so he wants to come in. What does that mean? I can grow comfortable with Jesus just knocking because I still hear him at the door. He's knocking, meaning he wants to come in. He's knocking because he's real. Anybody believe Jesus is real? He's knocking because he cares about you. Anybody loves the fact that Jesus cares about you? And friends, you can just hang out right there that he's real and that he cares about you, but never let him in to change the things in your life. Some of us are so comfortable with him knocking because we still know he's there and he's real. But no, man, I got to change. Paul says in Galatians, you, you can't do whatever you want because it's either flesh or spirit. We said this last week. I'm going to say it in a new way. Proximity with God isn't a wish list. God, here's a list of what you can do for me. That's different than petitioning in prayer. Because when you're in prayer, watch this. Yeah, there's petitions. And we submit to God. But we don't start our prayers with petitions. We start our prayers with exaltation. The disciples go, Jesus, how do we pray? He goes, first and foremost, our God who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. We always start prayer with exaltation. So I'm not coming against having a wish list. I'm not coming against having a prayer list. But listen, friends, when you're in prayer, it's not only about the list. It starts off with exaltation and having a relationship. I'm trying to zone in on the fact that a lot of us, sometimes some of us, many times most of us, want what Jesus can do for us rather than him what he wants to do in us. I love this. Proximity with God is walking with his spirit as we see in Galatians. So what does that mean? Walking. Listen, next idea. Walking isn't running. Can I hang out right here for like a minute and we're out of here? Walking isn't running. I meet so many people that they come into church and immediately they want to teach, they want to preach, they want to prophesy. Walking with God is not running with God. Listen, guys, this isn't about who gets to a microphone first. Church isn't about who has the biggest Bible. It's not about appearance. It's not about title. You got a gift. I got a gift. And we got to operate in our gifting. Amen? But God's more concerned with walking with you. Walking is a beautiful. Anybody love hiking? Any hikers in here? 
I know it's really hot in Florida, so like hiking for some of us just sounds demonic, but hey. At, at sundown, it's pretty awesome to walk around and enjoy Florida, right? Or sunrise when it's not beaming on us. You ever hiked before, just went on a journey with somebody? Listen, that's different than running with somebody. Because running, there's a time, there's a competition. Yo, let's get there, let's get there. No, no, God's like, hey, let's enjoy the journey. Let's walk together. I want to walk with you. Yo, God wants to be close to you because God wants to walk with you. He wants to walk. How do you walk? Walking is step by step. Should I get this car? Should I date this person? Should I get this job? Should I? I'm just going to do it and see if God meets me there. No, no, no. God wants to walk with you step by step. Bring me in. It says in Psalms chapter 119, 105, Mike, the worship's going to come up. Psalms chapter 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I know my phone went. Can I borrow somebody's phone? It's my sister-in-law, Stephanie. You led worship so great. Great job tonight. Let me make some noise for the servant of the Lord. Oh, once we'll see that. No, I'm playing. I don't know her code. I'm playing. I'm picking on her. <laughs> Imagine I grabbed your phone. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> your word is a lamp unto my feet. So this is, so, so when God walks to you, he, you know, he talks to you. Anybody ever heard the Lord speak to them before? Still small whisper, an impression on your heart. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Keep coming. I promise it will happen. Because when you seek, you will always find. And when you, he knocks and you open, it's game over. But so, so when God's in your life and God's with you, he's a lamp to your feet. Can we, can we, cut, can we cut the lights? He's a lamp. Nobody move around. I don't want to catch a case. <laughs> a lamp to your feet. So guess what? I can only see as far as this light, you know, like, I, like a lamp to my feet. Like, I, I can only see step by step. This is hard, y'all. I didn't come here to tell you Christianity is easy. You know what? Because, look, some people come to Jesus, and this is what we think walking with Jesus looks like. Oh, I say yes to Jesus. I know the future. At 18, I'm going to get married. At 25, I'm going to graduate. Oh, and then I'm going to have three kids. One named Daniel, one named Ezekiel, and one named Micah. And then I'm going to buy a Dodge Stratus. And then I will retire and die in Honolulu. In the middle of a missions convention. As I sing praises to the Lord. You think God's a fortune teller? He just, let me read your palm. Let me, no, 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 no. This isn't it, y'all. This, this isn't walking. This isn't Christianity. Can I help somebody in here? Because you thought coming to Jesus, everything's figured out. No, no, no. I, I know some people in here. Uh, Stephanie, our social, social media director, she's in here. She works in that field now, don't you? But you didn't, you didn't study for this. You started serving in the church. 
and grew that gifting, and now she worked. That's her job. It's her career. She does it for UCF. Make some noise for Stephanie one time. It's her job now. But she didn't go into college studying that. No, she served in the local church. And, and she didn't know until she grew a heart for it. What am I trying to say? This isn't the Christian life. And this helps somebody that thinks that Christians got it all together and they got it all figured out. That's a lie. We came to let you know we know as much as you do. I don't know why this pandemic happened. I definitely don't know why a lot of things happened. I don't know why your mom passed away. I don't know why your sister got that diagnosis. I don't know why babies are dying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in 2023. I can't, I can't tell you what's going to happen in five years. I buried one of my friends last week. He was 23. We didn't know that was going to happen. And this goes for people that think that Christians got it all together. Listen, we don't got it all together. God got it all together. We just believe and trust in him. We don't know. This isn't the Christian life. It's not that it's all lit up for us. Cut him again. The Christian life is that God says, I will be a lamp unto your feet. That you'll only see when I'm with you. And when we walk together. And it's tough. But watch this. Even if you stray, don't let go. Even if you stray, don't let go. Because listen, when you stray and you let go, something crazy can happen. And the next step might be the last step. And that last party might be your last party. And that last blunt might be your last blunt. And that last drink might be your last drink. I saw a picture of a woman who was paralyzed and is fighting for her life. Because a friend gave her a drink that was late. She didn't know it was, she, that was her last drink. She can't speak. She can't talk. She can't walk. She can't move. She's paralyzed. All she can do is move her eyes. I guarantee you at the bar that night, she didn't know that would be her last drink. And listen, friends, I'm not saying strain doesn't happen. I'm saying don't let go of Jesus. Because sometimes if you let go, you don't know that the next step will be your last step. We can put the lights back on. Thank you guys for that. God wants to be close to you. He wants to walk with you. I may not have all the answers. You know, church culture today, you know, it's, it's so crazy. Like church culture, and I know it's not this church, but church culture today is so crazy. They want pastors to be the geniuses of everything. They want, we just figured it all out. Oh, and he didn't talk to me. Oh, he didn't text me. And, and, and oh, my leader, she, she didn't. She didn't say happy birthday. And, 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 and we come up with, with, we just think they should know it all. And we think people should be all things to us when we're really, we need Jesus to be all things for us. And we're expecting his people to fulfill the hole that only God can fill. And I listen, I may not have all the answers. I'm not a genius pastor. I'm not. I'm obedient. I'm only here because God told me to be here. I had a different appointment. I had a different plan. In 2021, I would be somewhere else according to my plans and my agenda. But I'm here because God called me here. So I'm not acting like I have all the answers and all the solutions. I'm not here to tell you what happens tomorrow. I don't know how this is going to end. But my last idea tonight, the last bullet point for your notes. I don't know 
but I'm close to the God who knows. I don't know why you got that diagnosis, but the reason I have peace is because I'm close to the God who knows. And listen, you know what that produces? That produces trust. Trust. God wants to be close, but the problem of proximity and the, em- the enemy of proximity is, is trust. Because we like to control everything. And once we give control away, we probably can't trust if they're going to hold it down. We, we, we don't know if they can do it. I, I don't know all the answers to the atheists in the room. But man, I, I, know, I know the God who does. I know the God who does. And for week one of this series, God wanted to tell New Birth Young Adults, I'm closer than you know. I'm I'm closer than the air that you just breathed into your lungs. I'm closer than the hair on your skin. I'm closer than a friend. You find scriptures like all the families and your mom and your dad may abandon you. I will never abandon you. I'll never let you down. I don't just want to be around you. Oh, but I want to send my spirit to live within you. A temple. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. But as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, would you do me a favor? Would you stand up to your feet tonight as we wrap this night up? Next Tuesday night, we're going to continue in this series. And following in this series, we're going to see what God has to say to the young world. And tonight it sounds like I want to be close to you. I'm closer than you know. You got to let me in. You got to let me in. With every head by every eye closed, I want to do a salvation call. So you might be here like, yo, I don't, I don't believe in Jesus and I don't have a relationship with Jesus. But man, after hearing this, God is, he's knocking on the door to my heart. God, God is pressing on me that, that he wants to know him. He wants relationship. I'm going to let Jesus into my heart. I'm going to let him into my house. And listen, right here in this moment, if you don't know Jesus, and and maybe you've never made this decision to to follow Jesus and to let him in and to have a relationship with him. Maybe maybe you made this decision a very long time ago, but maybe tonight you want to rededicate your life to God. I want to pray for both of those people in here. Listen, I want to let you know this isn't a place of judgment. We love you. And if you've made a decision to follow Jesus before, can you just make some noise like that was the best decision you ever made in your entire life? Come on, that's the best decision. So right now, whatever you had by your clothes, I need you praying right now and interceding for those that, that are ready to make this decision. On the count of three, simply, if you want Jesus, I want you to raise your hand as a sign of surrender. I'm just going to look at you, and I'm going to reach over and pray for you from here. And, and, and we're safe tonight. We're distance. I hope you feel good. Right here, if you want Jesus, on the count of three, raise your hand. Unafraid, unashamed. This is why we do this. This is why we're here for you to make it back home. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you want Jesus. I see one hand, two hands, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven hands. Amen.